0: ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 233 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Luxury Teeth with Attitude Problem. They are a brand spanking new band from Baltimore, Maryland. They play, obviously, hardcore punk rock and roll. Let's add that at the end because, I don't know, that takes us many different directions. And they feature... Dave Homeowner on Vocals, you might remember Dave, he used to join me all the time on Getting It Out Podcast in the early days, before I had, uh, you know, uh, interviews every episode, he would jump on and talk some shit with me, tell me some stories, and it was a good time. I don't think those episodes are up anymore, but maybe they should be. I don't really know what I did with those early episodes, they stashed them away, I think, on the Patreon. And that's fine too, you don't need everything, okay? There's over 200 of these things now. Anyway... Uh, His new band, Luxury Teeth, is awesome. I've heard a couple tracks. Attitude Problem is one of them. And I'm looking forward to sharing more about that band and uh, uh, more songs uh, when Dave joins me for an upcoming episode of Getting It Out Podcast, which will be happening somewhere down the line, uh, probably relatively soon. Be on the lookout for that, where we talk some Baltimore hardcore punk rock. But first... Let's talk some Baltimore hardcore punk rock with Chris Gonzalez of End It. Their new record, Unpleasant Living, is out now and taking over the world on Flat Spot Records. So let's get into it. Damn, what's good all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot zone. Back at it again with another podcast intro. He said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the getting It Out podcast? He said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? He said, no, you don't got to write a rap first. Core said alright, I think I can maybe make that happen Let's see what we can do Kick it Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies be to my family, make friends till they bury all the places we've been We're never sitting it out, we'll be getting it in, Where you getting it out That's in all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We'll be getting it in, Where you're getting it out Alright motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time. Rest in peace, Money, and LFPW forever. When I think of the years that I lived in Baltimore, Maryland, I get a little whimsical. And don't worry, I look that word up. I know what it means, I'm using it correctly. I'm obviously looking at this through rose-colored glasses because there was a lot of negative shit that happened in the years that I lived there. I did have fun. I liked partying. I went to hardcore shows, but that was it. That was the gist of it. I made some friends. I lost more friends than I made in the time that I was down there. Uh, but that was, I mean, you know, you equate to some of that to just growing up and others is, uh, I was hanging out with shitty people, right? And eventually you mature and realize that that's the case. Uh, but anyway, Baltimore was certainly a time period in my life, and I've talked about it many times in the past on here. And I'm always ready to give it credit for all the good things that come out of Baltimore, specifically the bands that come out of the hardcore scene. And End It is the latest one that's, uh, ascending. Turnstile has already ascended, right? They are, (laughs) they have already hit a new ceiling. They, I mean, they haven't even hit the ceiling yet. They are out of, uh, out of the stratosphere. They are, what is the word I'm looking for? They can go as high as they want now. Um, End It are the next in line. And I don't think just because of the sound that they can get to where Turnstile is going. But as far as hardcore goes, they're heading in the right direction. So I am excited for them and the local Baltimore hardcore scene as a whole and what's going on down there. I'm also excited for the other local scene I called home, York, Pennsylvania, and the Skid Row Garage. Over the weekend, my family and I went to the Skid Row Garage Benefit Show at the Century Market in York And uh, I did not expect that to be such a cool atmosphere. And I don't know why I say that. It was just, it was a, it was, it seemed like a celebration. It seemed like everybody was fully on board. I didn't see any bad attitudes. Granted, I had to leave halfway through because that's what happens when you take the whole family. And I'm cool with that, by the way, because it was sweaty and hot as balls to have a show in a market with no air conditioning, but it was fun. It was great. It was an awesome time. J.B. Love Drafts provided the Condemned IPA, which was a great beer. I highly suggest if you don't know who J.B. Love Drafts is as far as beer goes, figure them out. They're local to central Pennsylvania. They've got two locations that they host free shows at. I don't understand that, but at least the one in in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, they have free shows all the time. And uh, they've got one at their brewery as well. So go check them out if you haven't yet and you like beer and you're in central Pennsylvania. But also make sure you're keeping up to date with what's happening with Skid Row Garage in York, Pennsylvania. MC from Old Tigers is putting that all together. And I believe he had to have raised a significant amount of money on this last uh, benefit. And I'm sure that venue will be popping off soon. And it's going to be incredible. It's The idea behind it is what every scene wants, what every scene needs. And I'm so excited to see the follow through on this. So Keep an eye out for that. The bands that played that show, I should say, are Slumlord, not with an S, just singular, Slumlord, Ford the River, Spellbook, and Old Tigers. Spellbook and Old Tigers have both made appearances on Getting It Out podcast in the past. We've played songs from Ford the River, and I should play some from Slumlord, because Slumlord was uh, the opener and took me by surprise. I wanted to hate them just because they have the name Slumlord and doesn't have an S, and it's not the Hardcore Eviction Crew, but they they are pretty awesome uh, metal I don't know what you want to call it, Grind. There was definitely some doom in there. All over the board, great band for the river, pop punk for adults. And uh, very rarely will you hear me say I enjoyed pop punk, but I certainly did. After that, I had to leave, but I can tell you for a fact. Spellbook Rocks, you can go. I did an op- episode with them earlier this year. And of course, Old Tigers, for any fan of punk rock and hardcore. For those who aren't from the region, York, Pennsylvania and Baltimore, Maryland are very close, 45 minutes away. That's why when I grew up in York, I was always going to Baltimore and eventually moved there and lived there and came back and then into York. And now I'm here in Lancaster, whatever. It's just a little triangle of life that I've had. And uh, I I like that they they coexist so well. But anyway, back to Baltimore because we're talking to Chris Gonzalez from End It on this episode. I'm going to say I got to know Chris about 10 years ago and we get into that right away in our interview. And you know what? why don't I just do that? Why don't I just do the interview with Chris? Great guy. Glad to have him. But first, let's play a song from End It and their new record, Unpleasant Living. The song is called New Age Slavery. It's got a cool video that uh, you've already seen, I guarantee it, featuring uh, the frontman Akil stepping in as Omar Little. So uh, anyway, check out this song and uh, listen to my conversation with Chris. I was trying to think when you and I met. And I guess it would have been I don't know, when were you doing Peacekeeper? Um, so that was like 2013.
1: And okay. uh Yeah, I, I guess we didn't really get introduced to each other until then. I mean, I obviously, you know, I obviously knew who
0: you were, but you probably didn't know. I, mean, you know, I was a young guy, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's a, I forget who introduced me to, but obviously I got to know you then. And uh, I'll never forget the one, the one time. And I don't, and I can't remember why I have no idea why I I did this, but I remember texting you and saying, I was at your house last night. I fell asleep on your couch playing cards. If anybody asks. (laughs) And you were like, yep. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, there we go. All right, he's just a good guy. And I have no idea why I did that or what it was about, but I used you as an alibi for something, and uh, you were on board. Hell, <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> good old yeah. night at Point. Yeah, yeah, one of those nights, you know, which I, I don't know how many of those ended badly for you, but plenty of them ended badly for me. So glad I'm not there you are. normally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's probably good we don't go down there anymore. <laughs> yeah. I got a little brain trauma. For us right and on. for the. Yeah. All right. So, um, how'd you even get started playing drums? My uncle was always a drummer.
1: Um, but I don't. He didn't. He kind of like made me lean more towards it. And, you know. But uh, I don't know. I think it's probably like. I just loved like Dave Grohl and shit. And he was just like always like my favorite drummer. And I think. Just, like, seeing videos of him just, like, kind of going crazy. I was like, dude, that is so fucking cool. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I was always, like, you know, hitting pots and pans at, like, my grandmother's house and shit. So then once I got into, like, uh, middle school, ended up getting a drum set and it kind of just, like, sat there for a while. I didn't even really play it. <laughs> but, um... But then I think uh, you know I, I started playing it more at the end of middle school and the high school and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it's pro- I, I'll just say it's my uncle.
0: Is <laughs> your uncle? Well, that's so you, Dave Roll, so Obviously, you're talking like Nirvana, maybe some other. Well, he did a bunch of stuff on drums, but um, but you know that's But you're talking most, mostly then. Your interest was like more mainstream music. How did you find hardcore and punk rock? What was your introduction to all that? Uh, Definitely, uh, definitely skateboarding.
1: Um, I think, uh, you know, I was really in, in middle school. I was like, you know, one of those, I'm sure like most of us, I was like obsessed with the Misfits. Everything was, you know, I was drawing Misfits shit all over all my like binders and shit like that. And, <laughs> you know, I had the shirt, all that stuff. And then so that kind of got me towards like AFI, of course, and then you know listening to all those like early AFI records that that kind of pushed me towards hardcore i was like damn this is fucking
0: angry and pissed off and i love it <laughs> <laughs> when did you find yourself like getting involved locally and what was what who was the band in the baltimore area at the time that you were getting like you know that you were embracing it and figuring out the hardcore scene
1: so i didn't go to i guess I think you start going to hardcore shows it was like probably 07 which is kind of crazy but it's also such a long time ago now <laughs>
0: um, that is that's funny to say you, funny you're to like s- uh nah man i was only but, there um, like i was only there like eight years before you it's not that you know that's in at this point that's not that big of a difference
1: yeah um
0: so you know of course like 07 that's when
1: tui was just they were like opening every show around there and Mm -hmm. um i remember like you know obviously hearing that demo i was just kind of like what the fuck is this like i love this even though i remember at the time just like we would always joke around like it sounds like shit like it sounds like they're like you know singing into
0: a bucket but uh (laughs) we just loved it it was just like it was just so gritty I i remember some of those early uh tui shows are very early like maybe they had i guess they probably had that demo out right away but uh they were they were up here in pennsylvania playing at the championship and we were watching i was watching from the record store like there was a window you could watch and like i said it was real early and justice was you could tell he didn't have it like figured out how to do it live yet but he was fucking going for it and then like the next time we saw him everybody knew what was going on it like that they just blew up immediately um you know a lot of hard work yeah. and everything but it was very cool to watch them like explode the way they did yeah speaking of like that like i remember when the uh
1: my first year going to like united blood was like i think 08 and they i think they cold like i it had to come out like a couple days before that because i didn't even know all the songs yet or maybe they released like a song or something and they were playing at like like 2 p.m. It was like so early. And there's like, they're playing songs that, like, you know, uh, I guess just like a bunch of their friends like knew the songs, but none of the songs were out. And I was just like, what the
0: hell is going Like, I've never even heard this <laughs> shit. These people are like piling up, but it was so cool. Yeah, no, that was, you, so you came around at a great time then for, uh, baltimore hardcore specifically because i mean it's it it can't even really be argued but trapped under ice at this point is one of the biggest in my opinion biggest hardcore bands and one of the most influential hardcore bands uh, like ever not just baltimore like and throughout the decades of hardcore they they built so they had so many people trying to do what they do and uh it was so cool to have it be a local thing for us that (laughs) it did we didn't have to do deal with the ripoffs we got the real thing yeah for sure when do you start peacekeeper when does that band come about
1: <clears throat> so that wasn't till like
0: 2013 um around
1: i actually like had a i had a like a pop punk band i was like really into like lifetime back in like 08 mm-hmm. and shit and uh i had a band and we would play at like the old art space a lot and. That's how. That's like how I ma- met like Anton and all them because he would like book us and shit and that kind of like introduced me to like all those people. So that one was like, and then playing in that band, you know, we played with like a bunch of hardcore bands, and I was like, dude, we we need to just, I need to get in the hardcore band, and stop playing this shit, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then, but then uh, I moved to Philly for like a year came back and then um, I think a few years after that it was like 2013 and then uh, we started Peacekeeper and uh, I didn't even know I didn't know either like both Johnnies were in that band but I didn't I didn't know either of them Mm -hmm. and uh, I remember Johnny McConey was like hitting me up like yo let's start this band and I'm like "Uh, maybe like I don't know you but you know fuck (laughs) it (laughs) And, um, so yeah, we did that around 2013.
0: Well, that, that got a little bit of traction, right? I mean, I I remember being surprised you had some, you had a decent amount of reach with that. It was something with the black and blue radio, I believe played something from you guys, which was a kind of a big deal at the time. And it seemed like peacekeeper was going to do something.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, it was fun. We like, I'm definitely thankful the shows we got to play, uh, So many good shows at the art space and um, it kind of felt like we were like opening like most of the big (laughs) shows over there. Um, But yeah, it it, it was going. We only did the demo and the split and then we actually wrote
0: like another EP, but we just never recorded it before we broke up. Well, what was um, you mentioned playing? You mentioned playing the art space and opening shows, and I remember seeing, I believe, seeing you guys at the sidebar as well. And I always find Baltimore hardcore at that point really interesting because there was almost like there was two different scenes between the art space and the sidebar, and there were people like myself that went between both of them. But was Peacekeeper a band that got stuck in one or the other, or were you able to float between them like a lot of like a, a few bands were? Yeah, we. I think we definitely mixed it up. For
1: sure, because our first show was at the Sidebar, and um, we we obviously loved playing Sidebar because we all loved the party and stuff, and that was just it was just a place to do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, of course, I you know I loved the Art Space too, and uh, going over to the gallery on the corner that was (laughs) wouldn't change any of those
0: times. That was an experience, um, yeah, one that you often didn't remember, but it was you had fun, probably uh, we all did oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so how does how does peacekeeper or does it at all not at all maybe you tell me help uh, like germinate end it is there any correlation between the two other than you
1: um, yeah, so I'm gonna go back to this. I don't know if you remember this, but <laughs> Um, the time where I like decided I was quitting Peacekeeper was you kind of helped me decide that (laughs) we were grilling out over at uh,
0: where was it? Was it Lyman Park? Um, I'm
1: vague. It's coming uh, back
0: to me as you're saying this
1: we were grilling out there and I think I was just like talking to you and like everyone else's bullshit. And I was just like, you know, complaining about all this shit. I'm like, God, yeah, these motherfuckers, you know, and just complaining all this stuff. And you're like, Whoa, why are you doing it? You don't have to do it. And I'm just like, my mind just kind of exploded. I was like, you're right. I don't have to do any of this shit. And I remember like texting the group. chat. I was like,
0: I'm out, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> and, uh,
1: yeah that was all you <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny and, and now that you say it, like I, I would have never remembered that in, unless you had said it but i do i do remember that i do remember I just, you don't have to do it it's, it's totally up to you yeah
1: so how but, does um, how does end yeah, it come from that. that so um johnny mcmillian who plays guitar and end it now he played guitar and peacekeeper and then um towards the end of uh peacekeeper when we were like, let's let's start a new band and I remember us I talking to Akil about it, you know, basically like having everyone from Peacekeeper but with Akil singing. And uh so that was like a thing for a while. Like we were even gonna try to like have him sing. But um then it never happened and then you know, that idea just kinda like went away. <laughs> I think
0: I think we were all just,
1: you know, Too caught up in just partying and we just never got to practice.
0: (laughs) That was a heavy party era. And yeah, you guys, your crew specifically was, (laughs) was taking it to another level, a level that I didn't even go to. So (laughs) I'm not surprised to hear Mm -hmm. you're not doing it anymore. When you get a keel in and you do start, and you guys come out with, I don't know, do you call that a a demo or an EP? That first thing that you did, like cassette. Oh, so, um, so originally uh, Ryan Fawler was the drummer. Mm,
1: okay. Of End It. Oh, all right. And um, yeah, and so I wasn't—I <clears throat> didn't know Ray and uh, the dude Tyler who played bass. I didn't know them yet, but um, I obviously knew Akil, so I remember like going to see End It the first couple times, and uh, I finally got to like meet Ray and all them and shit, and um, that I—I I guess that ryan didn't work out with them eventually but he you know he was on the first ep and you know he you know he made that first demo sound like that so it's definitely sick and then um so then eventually they like reached out to me and i was like of course i was kind of bummed you guys didn't ask me to do it in the first place
0: (laughs) Well, that's fine. I didn't. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you weren't on that first one. I thought you were. Um, so my bad there. But um, I guess that was the time where I was. I was just out of Baltimore, so I didn't know who was actually playing what. But I knew you joined eventually, and so you come in when when they're when you guys are just after that and starting to play some shows. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Um, it was a. Uh, I think 2018.
1: They started like 2017ish. And they put that ep out in 2017 and i think 2018 is when i joined and um we just kind of clicked right away just like jamming some of the songs and uh i think we went to like california or something like it, like immediately after that like i i think i'm pretty sure i didn't even like get all the songs down yet and we were like fuck it let's just go <laughs>
0: Well, I remember that. I remember being surprised by that and impressed that you guys went out that far that quickly. I think you were in Arizona too, maybe, and uh, and I remember seeing yep. uh, I don't know maybe videos of you guys shooting guns in the desert, and I was like, well, fuck it, and it's doing it. Go ahead, and uh, <laughs> but being surprised and again impressed that you were taking this band this far that early. And uh, I, I was glad to see it. But that was before you even did One-Way Track, which One-Way Track comes out what year? 19 or 20? Uh, 2020. It was like
1: January 2020. So early. so like 19 into, and then the whole world shut down after that.
0: Yeah, which is a shame because it sounded like uh, it seemed like you guys were had quite a bit of traction behind you, but it looks like you were able to pick right back up on that.
1: Yeah, we, we were able to like
0: kinda keep shit flowing and, uh, we were
1: like raising a bunch of money, uh, for different organizations with merch and stuff, so, uh, people were still like, you know, we're still staying in people's heads, so
0: it worked well out. i mean you got also credit to the songs that you wrote especially the ones on, on one-way track they they stick out with a lot of people and everybody was real excited about that one that was just a as far as physically that was just a cassette on flat spot right yep and was that always the plan yep. just to do a cassette or did covid fuck with that
1: um <clears throat> yeah i think so it was always a plan to do it on cassette i think they were kind of like uh testing the waters on us <laughs> like yeah. oh i'm not sure how. People are going to respond to this, so we'll do a tape. We can't, you know, lose money on that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but it worked out. You know, it's cool. Cool having the cassettes and everything, and so.
0: Well, that's uh, (laughs) that. That's cool to get um, paired up with Flat Spot Records. Um, Important and somehow an underrated Baltimore-based. Hardcore label, which I don't think uh, gets noticed by too many people, but of course they did uh, the the uh, early Trapped Under Ice stuff and uh, Che. I don't know, is Che still there? Is he still in Baltimore? Yeah, but uh, he's always traveling around the world. I yeah, know, like a mogul. <laughs> what the hell? He's pictures from top of skyscrapers and infinity pools and shit. What the hell is he doing? Good for him though. Dude, I don't, I don't know. He's living the dream though. It's that flat. It's that uh, ended cassette money. <laughs> It's that one-way track, my yep. <laughs> <laughs> so how? So when did you? When did you guys put together the songs that appear on Unpleasant Living? Because it seems like it was a long time, but I guess it wasn't. Two years isn't that bad. Uh, wh- how long did it take to get these songs together,
1: <laughs> dude? It feels like it's been forever for us because we've just been <laughs> sitting on it. But uh, I guess yeah, it's only been a couple of years. But so like the comeback and the song Twenty One those were songs written before one way track. Hmm. And, um, it's kind of like spice them up, change them up a little bit. And, uh, and then all the other songs on there were, I want to say we kind of just immediately wrote them right after one way track, um, kind of during like the pandemic when we couldn't play shows. So like Ray and I were just like going to the space, just like messing around, writing shit. And, um, yeah it was like immediately right after one-way track
0: so were you playing these songs live at all or did you wait until you released them no we we waited uh we were
1: playing that song 21 Mm -hmm. because it actually used to be a song called
0: raw dog and uh it just changed the lyrics up a little bit (laughs) is that the one that was on the comp that got taken off or whatever that kind of appeared and then disappeared yeah, yep. There's like a, as I say, there's like a mystery song for ended out there that kind of existed. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was, uh, raw dog and
0: now it's 21. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you mentioned the comeback and the comeback is actually my favorite track on this new batch of songs. And to me, it sounds very much like a Baltimore hardcore song. And I don't think, I often say like, I don't think there's a Baltimore hardcore sound, but for some reason I hear that song and I hear. I hear a lot of Baltimore in there. Is that am I am I uh, is that intentional in there at all? Hundred percent. That's yeah. That's what we were going for. Definitely like the little Baltimore anthem. Yeah, the the, the line about uh, I forget what the fucking lyrics are, but the Knuckle Dragon. It's like, all right, I know, I know what we're talking about here. Yeah, of
1: course. You know, we <laughs> had to uh, we had to shout it out. You know.
0: Unpleasant Living, I should say. By the way, we gotta get to that title. But there's uh there was only how many songs in this new there's six new songs in less than eight minutes, I think, right? Yep. Did you did you always know they were gonna be this quick? Is that yeah. the idea? Is that uh, the direction of end it?
1: Yeah, I think like we kinda after one way track, it was like so short, but we were like, Oh, like you could kinda listen to it, you know, multiple times in a row mm-hmm. and that gets kind of people hooked on it so and obviously shorter songs are easier for us so we're like yeah fuck it
0: (laughs) let's just do that so what total now what you guys got like maybe a half hour of music
1: uh yeah probably probably around there i mean now it's like our set list we have to like start cutting stuff because we want to play the newer stuff In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is nice because before we were like, oh, we have to play everything because we don't have a long enough set. (laughs) Well, Now we can kind of cut out the ones we don't really want to play.
0: And it's, it, was, it sounds like Akil, and get, correct me if I'm wrong, but Akil would be the only one who's in the band for that first release, right? And Ray. And Ray, okay, yeah. So, so, but those songs largely don't represent what End It's doing now. And I was thinking about that the other day when I was listening to it and uh, the song Apolitical was on. I was like, there's a lot of melodic hardcore in that. I don't think you guys are doing that now. I think that, that part's been kind of pushed to the side, which is fine with me, right? But uh, is, do you feel like End It yeah. has figured out your sound? What you guys want to be? Definitely, definitely, uh,
1: definitely, kind of have that figured out now. And like you were saying, like we were kind of just figuring that out, and they were figuring that out on the first one. So um, I think one way track we finally found it.
0: I agree, and it sounds like you, you, it's a continuation. Unpleasant Living is a continuation of that, not only in uh, not only in the sound, but in the the style of the lyrics the 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 intent the, the themes the artwork even just a black and white um i've seen it mentioned before that you guys have a very collaborative and last minute lyric writing process is that the way you want it to be or is that just the way it is because because <laughs> they need to get done and you're, it's time to do them <laughs> it's a mix of both <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: i mean it <clears throat> so once it comes down to it i'm like you know like, you know, we're always bugging a kid. Like, all right, here's the song. You got to write some shit so we're not wasting time. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. And then, uh, I, you know, I always trust him because I, I know he could just pull some shit out of his ass and it's just like blows us away. Yeah. But, um, I think with this one, I think because the studio time was like so expensive and we were in there for so, well, not, it wasn't long, but it was long for us, you know, when you're yeah. paying by the hour. And, uh, so we we all just kind of got together and just we were all like dishing out stuff. And that I think doing it that way really helps because, you know, when we're writing the songs like, you know, Ray definitely has a vision. I have a vision of like what we kind of like wanted to do. So we kind of explain that with keel and he has what he thinks. So we just kind of mix that together and it definitely like definitely like comes out and shows what what end it is.
0: Yeah, well, I, I actually, I, I like it. And of course, the, the way Akhil presents it is great. And the, the way, I mean, you guys gotta have a great, uh, you got a great front man in, in Akhil. Uh, I don't think you could ask for anybody better to be, uh, in the, you know, the focal point. And, uh, I, I know it's pretty natural for him, but was, was there ever any type of discussion, even in like the, the music videos where you know he's kind of playing let's say the main character on these two that you recently released or is it just like natural like akil is going to be the star of the show uh, no matter what so we might as well just embrace it oh definitely um i mean i mean you know like that's just like his he just kind of
1: like lights up the room when he comes in you know <laughs> he's just so funny and everything and uh when we when i have ideas like for like you know for like a video i'm the ideas are just of a like i'm just picturing a doing this because he's definitely the face of the band and uh um i just you know i wouldn't want anyone else to do it that's just you know that's just how it is and uh he just i guess he just represents us you know really well so um yeah it's definitely like intentional to just have him kind of be the face because I, I know I don't want to you know I don't want to do that shit
0: <laughs> yeah it'd be a I'm little out of your character to be <laughs> yeah. no he, he does it well but speaking of, of other members of the band you when did Pat Martin join the band and I ask that because Pat is well-known and well, well-loved in Baltimore. And, uh, it's like a true veteran of the Baltimore hardcore scene quite a few years, not quite a few, a couple of years older than the rest of you. Um, do, is it real, is it beneficial or has it been beneficial to have someone like him in the band that's been around for so long and has so much experience touring and playing in a hardcore band?
1: Definitely dude. I, you know, I love Pat to death. <clears throat> he, uh, definitely very beneficial. Um, you know he's like 80 years old so he knows where all the or all the nice stops are wherever, whenever we're on the road um you know he like he knows like the right places to stay and all that stuff and he you know he always knows someone in some city like oh this guy blah blah i'm like how the hell do you know this person but and then i'm like oh yeah you've been around for 75 years now so <laughs> <laughs> it's, but, uh, that's right
0: i figure it's yeah, got to be some benefits to having a guy that old around you know yeah something you know <laughs> that's why we get the aarp about. hotel yeah. discount
1: yeah um well but he he joined right at um one-way track okay and his his first run of shows was like those four shows we did to support the, um that ep
0: Nice. So he's a, he's a fully integrated uh, member of the band at this time. So I guess you guys have a a pretty solid lineup. Um, all, all veterans in your own right. Right. And, um, yeah, you, you got, well, unpleasant living just came out officially July 8th and seems to have gone over great from your perspective. What's the reaction been? Dude, it's been kind of mind blowing. I didn't think it was going to be
1: like this. Um, I was kind of, like, worried. I wasn't sure how people were going to take it, like, if they were going to be like, oh, this doesn't live up to the expectations of, you know, from one-way track. And um, because I was like, oh, no, like, I was just, you know, overthinking everything. Like, did we rush that record? Did we, you know? But it's been awesome feedback. Um, You know, we're... I did not think we'd be getting all this love from magazines that like you know, like Revolver, I would never think we would be asked to do shit for them or anything like that. So it's definitely been insane.
0: But so the 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 videos you guys did for Hatekeeper and New Wage Slavery went about as viral as a hardcore video can in the hardcore scene. Um did you guys expect that and uh, follow up question that who recorded all these for you? <clears throat> um so now uh,
1: so now like hardcore on Reddit is like a thing. I don't know if you're on Reddit or
0: anything. I think I got a I got a um, login or whatever, but I don't go there. You know. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm still kind of figuring it out. Uh, <laughs> but like, um, I I remember I I started getting on there because my my old roommate Pat he he plays guitar and Turnstile. He's like a he's like a gamer and all this stuff. So he's like always on Reddit, and he was like you gotta you gotta check out reddit because they're always talking about end it on there and i was just like oh bullshit you know so i checked it out and there's like a lot of love on there and uh, i think that's what was helping the videos go viral too is uh is reddit but um obviously just like the goofiness we wanted to yeah yeah. When to do something funny for Hatekeeper and do something different. Where instead of just you know every hardcore video you see, where everyone's just trying to like look hard and shit, and it's like we're kind of over that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, and, uh, um, they, they've been great. I've, I've I've loved them so far, and uh, and I think I, I mean it seems I don't see anybody saying anything negative about that. It's like the the press overall for you guys has been awesome and it's really fun to watch yeah and our our buddy Rory uh Rory Sheridan from Loud Boys he
1: he did all that for us and I can't thank him enough he you know did it all like pretty last minute and did quick edits for us because we were on like a tight deadline because we're always you know running a little behind (laughs) um but uh yeah he he really helped us out with those and he kind of made what we were picturing come to life
0: Nice. Well, yeah, it seems like a complete package too. Although I gotta say, um, no, I'm not gonna say it because that's just making fun. I don't want to do that. Um, the, the, uh, uh, no, no, I was, I was just, no, 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 it's not making fun of you guys. It's making fun of Akil. Um, is that when he's walking around with that gun, he also looks like he's trying not to be seen walking around with a gun, (laughs) which is, which seems smart, dude.
1: (laughs) So when we were over there, there was like, he he actually just didn't give a fuck. It was more so of, like, us being like, yo, we cannot have these, like... We can't be, like, walking around with all these guns on us right now, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, there, was, there was, like, two cops on, like, both sides of the buildings just kind of, like, chilling there, waiting. And he's, like, pulling the guns out So I'm like, dude, you gotta chill, man. We can't, like... <laughs> we can't be having this shit out, like, and catch... You know, I'm not trying to go to central bookings just to film this video. We gotta get this fucking video done. And he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but um, funny. there was there was actually people walking by while we were filming that, so I think that's probably what helped that make it look like that.
0: <laughs> no, it's all good. It's it's awesome though. Was we t- we talked a little bit about um you having uh, justice do guest vocals on New Way Slavery, and of course we talked. About trapped under ice, and uh, that's obviously a big deal. But even like being, you, you mentioned he's at your house yesterday. Being and you know, I've known Justice forever too. Being friends with them is is awesome. But it's still uh quite a stamp of approval to have somebody agree to be on your record and put their name on it. Does that feel the same for you? Like like you know, you don't gotta. We have we all have sorts of friends in in the music business with some sort of stature. But if they're willing to put their name on your product, that's gotta feel good, right? Absolutely. Uh, And it was,
1: uh, yeah, it was definitely so cool. I mean, he was, he was down immediately. I sent him the idea and he was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Um, So we're definitely thankful for that. He, he, he sent me, he sent me like his lyrics back like immediately, like not even five minutes after I sent (laughs) him the song and I I was like, Oh shit. All right. Um, Yeah. That sounds awesome. And he, he recorded it himself and everything. Man, well, that's a that's a that's a professional
0: songwriter, right? That's that's what he does.
1: Yeah, he's he's crazy with the songwriting. He's he's got a
0: skill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. It's, it's been cool to watch that to watch that happen as well. Well, all right. So tell me about the title "Unpleasant Living" because I know where that comes from, and I'm not just joking about my old band um, "Pleasant Living." I'm just I know <laughs> I, I know that it comes from you know it's a very Baltimore uh, phrase. Well. Kind of for people that don't know, what is the title "Unpleasant Living"?
1: Um. So yeah. So, um, come from the land of pleasant living, Natty Bow, Baltimore. Uh, there was just the name. Uh, it popped up. Ray was like, "Let's do Unpleasant Living," and it's it just like we were like, "Yeah, that that fits well." That's because we really could not figure out what to call this album, and and that that definitely was just like, hey, yeah, let's just go with that. And it definitely—I I think I definitely mentioned it. I was like, "Well, what about Crayley's old band, Pleasant Living?"
0: <laughs> but um, then we were like, "No, nah, you know, he won't care." <laughs> no, not at all. No, I think it's—I think it's awesome. And it all seems so to match out, up. Pleasant Living. There we go. Well, it all seems to match up with the with the artwork for the record too. And of course, the the physical albums aren't out there yet. Like, so I, I didn't get that in the mail yet. But, it, but they ship much later, right? Like October or something. But anyway, the um, the artwork looks like it goes along with the theme of the album title what's happening on the artwork for the album yeah so
1: um just basically uh you know it's it just represents baltimore pretty much and all the struggles our city goes through and uh you know we got these vacant houses on fire and then um just gritty and crusty and then um it's and then there's just a bench that says greatest city in america and it's just <laughs> it's it's just kind of funny uh, i love those fucking time. benches man i
0: love i always have loved those benches and the irony of them is so funny but i like the vacant houses i mean you know this of course i know this of course but the people and i think people have seen these pictures but i don't think they understand the blight the blocks and blocks of fucking boarded up homes what you mean they'll be like one person in one maybe but it's just like it's insane how much space is taken up by these boarded up houses. It's crazy, even just like <clears throat> riding down the street. You know, if you're like going
1: down past Hopkins, and then you go down, there, go like keep going down towards like North Ave, and you're like you'll go down like streets that are just completely abandoned, and you're just like feel like yeah. you're in a ghost town. It's just crazy.
0: Oh, it's wild. I used to take the 35 bus out from you know uh, from like. Um, what was it Orleans? I catch it on Orleans, up by the north or what a northeast market, whatever the fuck it's called. Past Hopkins, and I come back on the thirty-five, going up a mine or going down or over whatever you want to call it, Monument Street. And you just look north on those blocks off of Monument Street, and like you said, it's like ghost town. It's like wild west shit. There's nothing there. <laughs> it's 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 wild. Like the like the, for the people who haven't ever experienced, um, I don't necessarily suggest going around driving around to check it out, but. It's uh, if you're ever in Baltimore, you got to see it. It's it's kind of mind blowing. It's crazy. I mean,
1: so I uh, I grew up in Catonsville, and um, and so like to take, to, so like I used to take the bus down to like you know to like Center City Inner Harbor area to like we would always like go skate and filming and stuff, and so we would take the bus because we couldn't drive then, and. <clears throat> Catonsville is like right next to like West Baltimore so you just driving through that stuff you're just like mind blown just like how quick everything can like change and one block to the next yeah Yeah. so yeah it's, it's it's always been like a crazy thing with Baltimore like one block can just be you know decent and then you just literally go a couple
0: hundred feet away and you're like what the hell Dude, it's such a wild city. I always love it, but I'm glad I don't live there anymore. Uh, but I'm glad people like you do. And, uh, and uh, I, I, I one of the things that I always talk about, and I think I kind of mentioned it earlier, is that part of the thing that I love about Baltimore Hardcore, specifically the sounds of Baltimore Hardcore, is that like all these bands that have been considered like the, the best bands to come out of Baltimore, whether we go with You Guys, Turnstile, Trap Under Ice, Pulling Teeth, Ruiner, Stout, Next Step Up, Gut instinct. None of it like really sounds the same, and I don't feel like anybody's doing that intentionally. It all sounds pretty different as far as the umbrella of hardcore, and I think that's like I think that's so unique for a city, especially for a city's hardcore scene. But I don't know. Like when you guys started and ended to kind of go back a little bit, was there a was there a uh, like direct influence for what you wanted it to be? Um, I tough to say. I mean. <clears throat> Like just thinking about all of
1: those bands too, like, yeah, they all sound different and everything, but at the same time, when you hear them, you're like, that band's probably from Baltimore. Uh, that's the Baltimore hardcore band, even if they don't sound the same. It's just like something about it. Um, and I can't really, you know, I don't know what it is, but, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, we definitely had to stay true to the, it's not even like we were trying. I think it's just what comes out when we play music because we've just right. been listening to those bands, you know, forever. And then that's just kind of like molds us like how like it's definitely like molds us like molds me how I like play drums and everything. And, um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's just it's kind of just natural.
0: Nice. Well, you guys have been you guys have been getting out there quite a bit more than I think I ever expected actually. I was just doing an interview. I was getting an interview for something else and it was a guy in, based out of I think the Pacific Northwest and he was saying how he thought he'd never get to see you guys and then suddenly you were out there playing a show. One of the uh, times you linked up recently to go out on tour with uh, Atlanta's Living in Fear, who I really enjoy, Kurt and those guys. How did you come to make that friendship? How would you get hooked up with those guys?
1: Oh yeah, those guys are awesome, and they they definitely shred. I think they're so underrated. Um, but um, so they were on. We, so the last stop of that tour, we were playing Richmond, and they were on there. They got on that show. It was um, us, Naysayer, Living in Fear, and um, a Downfall. I think played, or I'm pretty sure. But so they were on that, and then. Jackald was on like the first few dates with us and they couldn't finish it all. So I was like, well, we're going down South. So we might as well hit up living in fear since they're from Atlanta. And um, it, it just kind of worked out and they were down immediately and really cool dudes. Um, you know, we still, we, we still talk to them, you know, pretty frequently. And uh, we, we actually both played New York um, a few like a couple months ago and they like, you know, came out and met us at our show, just like hang out and everything. So those guys, those guys definitely rock.
0: I saw that. It makes it makes it feel wholesome to me. There's like a wholesome little hardcore friendship. I like I liked watching blossom. Well, <laughs> since since you guys have just speaking of you guys touring, um, you've gotten out there again a lot. You've played all the big shows that I can think of, but as t- to my knowledge, you haven't made it outside of the country yet is that on the horizon if you can or cannot speak about it uh for the near future uh, yeah i'm sure
1: just talk about it because you know but um we've been talking for a while like i've been talking to uh, mark Tyne from no turning back mm-hmm. um about you know going to europe for a while now but we are also like just kind of like stalling cuz it just like we, we were like we got to wait for it to be the right time and then obviously after this record came out so we had more songs. So now that this is out and it's getting traction um I hit him up and then he hit me back with some bands and some times and um cuz you know we all work full time so it's kind of hard to plan this um but we're going to go over I think in November to Germany for like 3 days with no turning back and then we're going to hit the uk with age of apocalypse
0: oh that's awesome awesome glad to hear it. i figured that had to be happening soon that'll be the first time right oh yeah yeah
1: i haven't even i haven't even been anywhere over there so it's going to be really cool
0: all right man hey uh again thank you for doing this i appreciate it I, i do love watching watching you guys blow up the way you are it's it's so fun to see um And I I hope it keeps going. I don't see why it wouldn't. Uh, Going to Europe is awesome. Um, But yeah, the new record's great. I don't know. Excited for you guys. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. And
1: I really appreciate it. And it was definitely good chatting up. We got to do it more often.
0: That song was Comeback, and that's my favorite track off of Unpleasant Living. You heard me and Chris talk a little bit about that. Uh, I want to thank Chris again for taking the time to have this conversation. Really enjoyed talking to him. Hopefully, we can do it again soon. If you're not already on board with End It, I suspect you are after listening to this interview. And those songs, if you like anything that has to do with hardcore, I don't see why you wouldn't be. Right? So go to flatspotrecords.com and buy their new record on tape. On cassette, that's the same thing. On CD, on compact disc, also the same thing. On vinyl and on LP. Again, the same thing. I don't know what's actually available anymore. They did have these cool uh, Baltimore Bullets rip-offs. There was a jersey and a and a sweatshirt. The crew neck sweatshirt specifically I really liked. Uh, I need that. So if you're listening and you are feeling, um, what's the word, philanthropic, buy it and send it to me. All right? Uh, I need something new to open. I haven't got a new package in a while. At least not one that I plan to open for getting it in the mail. That's slowed down significantly over the last couple weeks, and that's okay. That either means uh, I've had less new records to buy, or I'm waiting on pre-orders. I'm still waiting on pre-orders, man. I was trying to think the other day. What am I waiting on? I think I lost track. Anyway, what I haven't lost track of is gettingitout.net, and I want you to go to gettingitout.net today And check out what's happening on the site. Read a review, read some news, check out some bands. A little easier to check out the bands on desktop than it is on mobile. But you can do it. I trust you. Um, That, of course, is the hub for everything Getting It Out podcast and Getting It Out podcast related. Uh, I got some new people on board helping me out and I truly do appreciate that. Look for a new review from the band Mass Extension out of uh, New Jersey. Talking about their crusty Grind. Brian's stepping in to write that one. Uh, that's out on Horror, Pain, Gore, Death Productions. Coming soon. Um, yeah, anyway, gettingitout.net. Go there for all your underground music needs. Speaking of new underground music that you need, I'm going to play you a song from See Through You. It's called Behold, and it's off a of Hallowed Out. Their new release that's dropping September 2nd, on Upstate Records. If you're not familiar with these guys, they are metallic hardcore and they got a list of heavyweights in the band from previous uh, previous versions of Shattered Realm, Full Blown Chaos, First Blood, Sworn Enemy, Marauder. doesn't get much heavier than this. Uh, these guys, again, will be dropping this EP, Hollowed Out, on Upstate Records, September 2nd. It features guest appearances from Mike Score and Stickman. Uh, if you don't know who those guys are, that's All Out War and Fury of Five. Both East Coast hardcore legends. So, this song doesn't feature any of them. It's just them by themselves, but they do quite a fine job on their own. (laughs) It's called Behold. And again, see through you. Hollowed out. Upstate Records. September 2nd. Check it out. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Start die die your die 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 die
1: die 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 can, die 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 your die 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 I die 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 die